The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome to the APC Podcast here at AccuPackingCompany.com. I'm Alex Patakis, that's Ben Foldy, and Zach Rapport is here with us as well. The gang is all back together after an exciting win that probably didn't need to be exciting over the San Francisco 49ers, one of the league's worst defenses, yet we still had to sweat it out. I think we'll talk a little bit more about what we talked about last week because the NFL is the NFL. Football is just weird, and we still have zero answers as to whether or not the Packers are good or bad. But we ran a new poll, and the votes are coming in. I think actually it just ended. Is it exactly so. the same as last week? It's not. The needle has moved, so we will discuss. The needle has moved. After a victory, I'm wondering which way that, that needle has moved. I'm just going to be totally upfront and say that I barely got to watch any of that game, and I haven't really, and I haven't at all gotten to watch replays of that game. So I am like a newborn baby who was born into the fourth quarter of that Packer game, and I think that they're really good. <laughs> if you were only watching the fourth quarter, yes, they're 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 damn good. I don't know why it takes. Best team I've ever seen. You know, but it's funny, though, because the the narrative for them was always that they, like, you know, oh, we didn't have fourth quarter comebacks, even though numbers would suggest that Rodgers is better in the fourth. Clutch. I kind of like this new, like, version of the Packers where they just suck for three quarters, and then in the fourth quarter, you know Aaron Rodgers is going to rip the soul out of of the opposing team and, you know, just send Kyle Shanahan home, who was dressed like B-Rabbit. Like, was he, like, was that? (laughs) It was like I was watching Eight Mile. Was was it you who texted me that? I said said that. That his sideline look was really good, but I did not compare him to Somebody texted me that. I was like, why is Kyle Shanahan dressed like Eminem? Like, I don't understand why. It was a very good look. I I mean, I understand that it's cold and everything. It was only beaten by Mike McCarthy's uh, color rush sideline look the other, last year, I think. He was in the all white. And then my friend texted me a picture of him and said that he was in a Hype Williams video. (laughs) Like, there's some really good sideline looks, but... Uh, plenty of excitement in that game. If you want to chat about it with us, uh, at Alex Patakis, at Ben Foldy, at Zach Rapport on Twitter, at the APC pod. Let's do uh, Notable Nuggets, because I know, Zach, you wanted to uh, talk about the broadcast. So why don't you go ahead and lead us off with your Notable Nugget from last night? My Notable Nugget <laughs> is that the Monday Night Football broadcast team is the worst, I think the worst NFL broadcast team I have ever ever been forced to watch that's a that's a big claim uh well, can you can you name one worse i don't know 
Ion Ion Eagle. Nah, that guy. What, is do, better. what do you have against Ion Eagle? I feel Ion like Eagle you is fine. Him. He's a he's B plus. I know Joe Tessador is not good. You don't like him? No, I don't. Interesting. Jason no. Witten is bad. Jason Witten is just agrees bad. With he's the weak link, I think, in the broadcast group. So, like, what in particular? Then you you don't think Tessator is a good play by play guy? No, like, I think, think he's, he's someone. I think he's way over the top. You got to lead by example. So he's way over the top, and you got Jason Witten, the newbie, who clearly has no idea what he's doing, and he's just hyperbole and nonsense, and like he's trying to string together like common phrases, and they're just coming out a little wrong. Rabbit out of the head. Oh, I think I was, he said. I'm so glad you brought that are up because I rewatched me? the final series. This I watched These the first few series. These guys are paid professionals. And the final series today, I was trying to keep track of how many times he said, "You just know Aaron's going to pull the rabbit out of his head." And Booger McFarlane <laughs> is fine, except that he's on a cherry picker inexplicably, <laughs> and every shot of him is like of the back of his head. It doesn't <laughs> make any it's sense. It's so weird. He's yeah. like a tennis umpire. I, if he's going to be like on the sideline and blocking people's view because they drive that like thing around the really? sideline, yeah. So oh like if, you, if yeah. you're sitting close on whatever, I don't know what sideline he's on. Like during the game, if it's the visiting sideline or the the home sideline, but if you're sitting close, there's a very good chance that your view is going to be obstructed by him sitting on that thing. Just put him in the booth. He he's not even a sideline reporter. He brings no. Added like I think he's the only one who brings value to the to the broadcast, but there's no added value by him being on the sideline. It's the dumbest thing I think ever. Yeah, when your job could be done by a drone. <laughs> yeah, to to put a finer point on it, I think that in a in a internet landscape full of Packers fans who inexplicably hate Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, this is just so so much. It could be so much worse. Yeah. They are their network's A team for a reason. I will say this. There are plenty of reasons for Packers fans to hate Joe Buck. Yeah. The Randy Moss playoff game, whatever year that was. Can I maybe trigger some people here? Get over it. No, but it was just... <laughs> Get but, over it. No. They were no. high-fiving him last night when he was riding his bike down, <sighs> uh, you know, Lambeau Field's parking lot on, yeah. on Monday Night Joe Countdown. Buck, I will say this about Joe Buck, though. He's gotten better, I think, as he's gotten older. I, di- I digress. I think we should move on, but uh, I'll also just say that I think that Mike Tirico is the best. Anyway. I agree. Uh, and I wish he could do every game. I wish he was on the Monday him. Night broadcast, even with Gruden. It what was, about Tony it Romo? Was so pleasant. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I would say actually the two of them together would be like they could just do. They could be the broadcast team of my life. Yeah, that would be awesome. Just always talking in the background. <laughs> we got to talk about some football players. All right, we do. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess my notable nugget, having only watched the fourth quarter, is great game for Equinemius St. Brown, my boy. <laughs> this <laughs> is the dawn. Beautiful catch. One catch for 19 yards, I believe. But it a was great a catch. really good catch. Highly technical, good route skills. Like, everything about that was great. Knew where to be, knew where to look. As far as I'm concerned, he had a great game. And uh, the Packers just cut D'Angelo Yancey, so I think they agree that they are set and wide receiver with the new kids, all of whom look. How did, how did MVS look? Very good. good. Somebody watched the game. How did Jamon Moore look? Uh, he had a catch. All right, cool. So, um, yeah. MVS is, he's someone who. Yeah, I saw he's MBS, a real player. I saw he's a real make player. a few catches. Well, in the opening series, he had that really long catch and run, he's also which was big. But much, he also got reamed out for a mental error. He's in much the better zone. in the intermediate routes than Janice was. Um, yeah, which is not saying like almost anything. But he, you know, like he can he can do stuff other than running a vert. And yes, and actually still like look like a real football player. Yeah, he can. Yeah, he he and he does all of it while maintaining a speed that is just on another level compared to anyone else on the field. It is very obvious when you watch. Except for Goodwin. 
<laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, not on that field last yeah. night. On yeah. most yeah, yeah, fields, yeah, yeah, but yeah, not yeah, the yeah. field last yeah. night. Um, or Tyreek Olympian, Hill. Olympian Goodwin. Yeah. Did, it, did you guys watch the Sunday night game? Sunday oh, night man. was, uh, oh, pay, yeah. yeah, yeah, of course. Tyreek Hill? Insane. Yeah. Like, the Chiefs are the most fun team in football in, like, 10 years, and there's so much. Like, More on that later. <laughs> you knew exactly how that game was ending, though. Yeah. That was, Fantastically. Like, before the game started, you yeah. knew exactly how that game was going to end. Um, and I can listen to Patrick Mahomes all day. Like, I, I know that it's been, like, harped on plenty now, and I know Charles McDonald wrote a piece where he just <laughs> asked everyone what he sounds like. What do you mean? <laughs> it's so amazing. Uh, my favorite thing to do is, like, people who don't even follow football, like, show them a picture of him and be like, what do you think that guy sounds like? <laughs> and then play audio of Patrick Mahomes being like, yeah, you know, I was just out there trying to make a play. And, <laughs> and it's like, whoa. Is he from New Orleans? Is he only uh, way he's from Texas, but sense. he sounds like the Bayou. Yeah. Like, that is what you like he's like Ed Orgeron. Uh by the way, on the MVS thing before we move on to my notable nugget, did you guys see Rogers? Like I love how many angles and everything you get on the broadcast. Yeah. How you could just read Rogers' lips as he's just like screaming at him. Basically, he he ran like a two-step out route instead of just immediately going to the flat because there was no one lined up over him. So like he pushed vertical first and then like you would just as that soon wasn't, as and yeah. Rogers threw like a what looked like a really bad incompletion. And then it's just like, boom, side shot of Rogers, literally pointing and screaming at him, yeah, and looking huh. so pissed off. And no. it's just like, I loved it. Is, is um, that okay? Yeah. What were you going to ask? I was, well, I was, uh, go, go to your note. No. Oh, no. My notable nugget, I think we have to talk about the defense side of the ball. I love that with the game hanging in the balance and the defense needing stops, 51 was the guy running around making plays because I, I, we, we give him a lot of shit grief on this podcast. Uh, so it kind of felt like Kyler Fackrell and Clay Matthews switched bodies because as good as Kyler Fackrell was, <laughs> I do not know what the bleep that was when Clay Matthews ran like a hundred miles an hour, looking like he was just going to blow a play up, but had zero intention of actually do- making any type of football move. Uh, as they say, like I've never, I, 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 I didn't even know what to, how to like react to that. Like no. I, I was so stunned like that. I, I think that might have been the first play I saw, and he's like, "Really? That's that was your welcome to this game?" Was it? Like, it was like in the that. middle of the third quarter or beginning of the third. I think it was in the fourth. Oh, uh, maybe I. Just, I mean, uh, it might have been the third. I, technically, I didn't go back yeah, and watch that anyway. one. I didn't. I didn't need to. But Fackrell <laughs> running around, making it. a couple plays at the uh, at the end of the game. So yeah, he got a sack or nice like, shot or a by tackle him. right at the line of scrimmage. Yeah. I thought you were going to say that you were happy that they brought the they brought the blitz when it mattered and that they you oh, know believe you know in themselves. Oh, that should have been mine. Yeah, what's wrong with you? I was I was talking about that earlier today. Yeah. I'm I I physically aroused every time I watch this play. They brought seven yeah. on the game deciding play, I, I, which resulted in an interception by Kevin King. That was so fucking cool. Dom Capers would have been in prevent on like fourth and three. Betting the house or third over and, and over and over again is and 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 actually showing that it works is. Like I'm, I I know that, you know, looking at the box score, I can't actually say the ins and outs of how the defense played yesterday, but I still believe this is the best defense the Packers have had in years. I mean, they did not look it for a very very large portion of that game. But I will say this: Kyle Shanahan is a really good coach. He's man. a great coach. Losing a chess match to Kyle Shanahan doesn't make you a bad coordinator because he's one of the better offensive minds in football. And it really is a shame that we don't get to see him coach Jimmy Garoppolo this year because I think like. I mean, obviously, you still almost lost to Beathard, but he's decent enough. I don't think Beathard's bad. Like, right, yeah. Like, I, I think like, there's worse quarterbacks in the NFL yeah, than Beathard. Yeah, Beathard is a rookie who was thrown into a bad situation last season, 
And this season is maybe a replacement-level quarterback. Yeah. And granted, you shouldn't lose that, but it's a replacement-level quarterback with Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. He's not Nathan Peterman. Like, no. It's like when we're like, oh, my God, we almost lost to, to Beathard. Yeah. Like he's, he's, no, I mean, the touch on the Marky, on the Goodwin. Yeah, he threw a couple of beauties. Yeah. Uh, he's to, not uh, He's not Goodwin. a completely ineffective quarterback. No, but you saw the blitz, though. How Oh, the blitz was, was amazing. That? Yeah. that was so hot. Yeah. You said you, it was just like, whoa, Physically man. arousing. Yeah. I was no like, other, No other collection of words to describe it. After that, that blitz. And then Kevin King got his first career interception. Yeah. Which a lot of people argued that was actually uh, an incomplete pass. To which I say, okay, they probably would have had better field position if they punted the following down on fourth down. Uh, so who cares? Anyway. Um, okay. So we asked last week, are the Packers bad? So last week we put it out to the to the listeners on Twitter at the APC Pod. Are the Packers bad? We had about five hundred of you guys respond, and it was I believe sixty forty. Yes, the Packers are bad. To know the Packers are bad, we ran the same poll today. Let's try this again. Are the Packers bad? And the needle has moved. We got more responses this time, which is awesome. About seven hundred and fifty votes, and the needle moved. In a bad way, sixty-nine percent. Nice. Now say, <laughs> now say yes. The Packers are bad. Thirty-one percent say no. What say you, Alex? Uh, I say. I mean, I, this is really lame, but I say the same thing as last week. I don't think that they're very good, but I don't think there are very many good teams in the NFL right now. I definitely don't think they're bad because I also don't think there's a lot of bad teams. I think there's like maybe a handful. Like the Cardinals are bad. You can write them off. Like, the Colts, probably pretty bad. Are the 49ers bad? There's, like, two win teams. That's an important question, I think, in all of this, is are the 49ers bad? I mean, their their record is going to end up being bad because they don't have Jimmy Garoppolo, but the rest of the team was probably poised for a very competitive season. Yeah, McKinnon, too. Aaron Rodgers last week said this, and someone responded to the Twitter poll. Uh, Who was that? Southside Failson was the was the name. The difference between good, average, and bad is very small in the NFL, particularly this season. Yeah, oh, I, mean, I mean, there's yeah. A, how many overtime it, games have there been? You know how many? I think there's like two or three games that are like battles for first place in their division this week between 500 teams, mm-hmm. like the three and three Washington team versus the or three and you know whatever mm-hmm. against like Dallas. It's like oh, first place on the line, like just to get above 500. Yeah, this is going on league wide. Like I, it's it's a weird like there's more parity than ever. There's more like just like weird shit happening. Teams losing to teams they shouldn't lose. Which to. brings up an interesting factoid: if the playoffs started today, the Packers would be in. So, by definition, not bad. Yeah. Not that bad. Like, I, I guess I'm wondering, there's like a Minnesota Vikings podcast after they get like thoroughly beaten by the Bills. Instead of like, you know, beating the team, just not in convincing enough fashion. Like, do they just sit there and be like, why are we paying Cousins? You know what? Zimmer's got to go. I don't think that they do behave that way because... Um... They're not spoiled. Packers fans are spoiled. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, we know that. But, like, I mean, it's how many – it's it's an, a weekly thing. Like, we're in-game. We're firing the coach. But yeah. at the end of the game, they win. And it's like, well, now what? Like, now what do you want? And you wanted creativity. And here's the other part of, like, the bad thing. I think they're going to progressively get better because I actually yeah. am starting to believe the stuff that we read in the Tom Silverstein piece. Yep. The McCarthy with Coach McCarthy stuff. because yeah. there was – some of that you didn't get to rewatch it. The the first few series there was particularly a lot of different wrinkles. There were wrinkles. There were wrinkles. You know the touchdown pass is an obvious one. But I mean it's that. also I mean to be fair to to them I mean like you know if you're let's say you're wrinkling you know you don't necessarily want to do it with 
two or three rookie wide receivers on the field, right? You also maybe want to you you want to build those into your game plans throughout the season strategically. That's something that I know that for a fact that Mike McCarthy has always done. You don't want to do all your wrinkles on one opening drive against yeah, the or Chicago you Bears have... on game one of uh, the, the NFL season. Right. Or you want to put false wrinkles in early to put that on film ah, I get that. to do something else later. <laughs> the fake wrinkle. Yeah. It's actually Hasht- smooth. Hashtag false wrinkles. But it looks wrinkles. like a wrinkle. It's weird because, I, I, you know, I mean – like last night is a game where you're shorthanded at receiver, and like you said, maybe they were saving it for when guys get back. Yeah, you got one eye on the bye week because you need it really badly, and you have a really tough schedule coming out of it. But yet you come up with like your most creative offensive game plan. Yeah, but then your quarterback doesn't play that well <laughs> until he goes into god mode at the end, and it's the one game where your defense actually just gets thrashed. I, I want to uh, play guy who watched didn't watch the game devil advocate. Uh, <laughs> His stats looked pretty good in the first half of the game. Like, he, he 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 did some weird non Aaron Rodgers stuff. Not what it go and on. May, and again, it's like maybe we don't know because the the uh, MVS one was obvious because of how he was reaming his out him out. And I trust that MVS ran the wrong route by a step mm-hmm. uh, when the ball just like fluttered to his feet. There mm-hmm. was a couple of throws, and again, it's it's not even like he didn't he played. At times, like a regular quarterback, even when he doesn't have his best game and we're saying, well, he didn't play that well. It's because we notice in our minds like we, we there's a few throws, like two throws that stand out like he's not how did he miss? misses often. Yeah, he but he had some misses yeah. um, and he had some like, you know, some of the holding on to the ball too long stuff, some of the missing open guy. I thought that the last touchdown, uh, Devontae Adams, too. That was um, one of the best throws I've seen in a long, long that time. That was an incredible throw. I think MVS would have scored, too. I don't know. Like, I went back and watched it, and he ran a really nice double move on a linebacker. And the safety that was basically supposed to be playing over the top of Devon, like, it's probably designed to make him make a choice. He didn't make any choice. So, like, they were both wide open. Mm. But in that spot, you got to go to 17. But anyway, um, yeah, I didn't think Rodgers played particularly well, but I thought McCarthy drew up some really nice things. They ran a lot of play action. I got a little and they're annoyed. They're successful at play action lately. I wonder if Rodgers, I got a little annoyed. Like, I think the, the bootlegs were great and these easy little dump off throws. Lance Kendricks, by the way, had some nice productivity out yeah, of that. Yeah, he did. I got to eat a little bit of crow. Go because, Generals. Yeah. Like, these are things I think they king in the house. would have been doing, but your quarterback had a bad knee and you're missing two receivers. And it's now it's like, okay, it's do or die. I don't care that Rodgers is probably not as mobile as he sh- always is. We're going to run it anyway. And it worked. Well, what about, so what about Aaron Jones? Uh, well, that part is still very frustrating. That I will say, there's still a lot of stubbornness. Not in just McCarthy. from a fantasy perspective. Uh, no, I mean from the first series, his first touch was what a 17 yard, well, minus a yard, I guess, right? Because it was a 17 yard touchdown that got wiped off the board. Like yeah. he looked explosive from the get go, and there's no like Williams and Montgomery need to play because they're good. Like they can be productive. Yeah, Jones just needs to play more. Mm. And again, the whole thing of like. Having guys who do a lot of different things, I understand, but they kind of use, they all do the same things. Yeah. They all use them interchangeably. So, from that perspective, you just ride the hot hand. Like, there's probably going to be a time where Aaron Jones isn't very productive, but oh, you know, Jamal Williams is playing really well. Go with him more. But it's like you could probably predict the rotation that they're going to go with at running back throughout the entire game. And that to me is just refusing to adjust. (laughs) Like, that makes no sense. To me. Um, so, yes, that part actually still pissed me off. But other than that, Mike and I are cool. Mike and you are cool. <laughs> yeah, so, not, so you're on cool. team not bad. Uh, I am on team not bad with a pretty high degree of confidence that they are going to be good. And that if we ask this question 
in like five weeks, we're going to be like the, You're good. The, the percentage of the poll would be like swing way back. So the real question good. is, did last night convince you more that they're good or that they're bad? Uh, I would say it convinced me more that they will be good than them being bad. I also trust their defense to be much better than they were last night. Yeah. And they're also still very unhealthy, arguably missing their best corner. Jair Alexander uh, was out. We haven't seen Breland yet, which is frustrating for me because he's someone who Mike Pettin has been talking up. It's like, hey, this guy stepped on the field at practice, and people are like, oh, we got another real player. Yeah. And right now, with all these injuries, there's not a lot of real players out there. Although one real player who has yet to make much of an impact this season is Mike Daniels. Yeah, yeah, he's playing. Yeah, I, I was listening to uh, Michael Cohen's podcast, and and he was talking about talking with another beat writer about the defense and how many players uh, do you think are playing above average football on the defense right now? And and they listed I think three, and Mike Daniels was not one of them. Oh, I mean, he's definitely not playing above average. I'm not even sure. I mean, I'm sure he's playing average. Yeah, like that's. But yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But for Mike Daniels, that's a notable step down. I would say. So well, the overall point of that conversation that that Michael Cohen was recounting was to say that basically the the roster on defense, by and large, is not great. One of the things we talked about with Blake last year, though, was how like hand in hand his success was with Mike with Daniels and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and Kenny Clark. Not that Kenny Clark isn't playing well because he is, but if Daniels is having a less than stellar year, I kind of understand why maybe yeah, that would have been. Yeah, he doesn't. Like I mean, they, they're not eating up the double teams the way. But I think one of the other thing is that, I mean, just <clears throat> a lot of times Martinez is so limited sideline to sideline. Not so oh, limited, yeah. but limited. Yeah, he's a little stiff. And, uh, but the other. Um, People are walking by the studio and and uh, I give up. Ben easily distracted Foldy. Yeah. That wasn't no. You guys look. It was it was your. It, but I, what was I talking about? Defensive players. Yeah, guys who are playing better than average. Oh, I was gonna say that. Um, you know, historically, Mike Pettin's defenses have made a lot out of sums of, you know, not entirely amazing parts. Right? Like we're talking, you know. Mediocre Browns defenses, Jets defenses that have Daryl Revis and then nobody else. If if you're gonna have a defensive coordinator with a defense without a lot of stars, yeah, he's not a bad coordinator to have. I totally agree. And again, we haven't rewatched it. Uh, we, you know, we have to watch the film, yeah. but um, we <laughs> haven't. But I would say that last night, I would bet is probably like if you go back, like I think there's just times that they're like outmatched, like talent wise, like speed wise, and yeah, that's kind Goodwin of Goodwin is a burner. That's kind of scheme, but I I don't like lose a lot of faith in Pettin after last night. I've, I I've haven't, been very I, pleased. There's been no game this season where I'm like Mike Pettin. You know, in the past there were multiple games where I would be like, we're gonna, we're gonna in a couple of weeks <laughs> we're really gonna have an answer. Because, yeah, you mean uh, against the Rams? I mean, you have McVay and then McDaniel's back to back weeks. That's yeah. gonna be freaking awesome. Although like, you I, have you have a bye week to 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 work it out, right? Yeah, like we should have all sorts of schemes. Hopefully, have somebody coming back. Maybe you know. I think you'll have uh, yeah healthier. Like I, uh, if, who do you put on Gronk? Oren Burks. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Who do you put on Sony Michelle and James White is the real question to me. Or or Julian Edelman, cut from the same Cole Beasley cloth that notoriously just rips the Packers to shreds. But you know what? A few years ago when they matched up at Lambeau Field, we would have thought the same thing that they would have been out coached and again. If, if Detroit could beat them game. 
No, the Patriots are beatable. Yeah. They're, they're definitely beatable. Yeah. I, I'm, I, I'm much less worried about the Patriots than I am about the Rams. From a scheme perspective and like a holy bleep, how do we prepare for this? The Rams are a juggernaut. I think yeah. McVeigh is the one that I'm yeah. like, that guy's going to throw a million wrinkles at you. And it's going to be like we're just like just well, and getting it's Todd Gurley boom, boom, like, like running over your bag. face. Like yeah, even if you manage it. to shut down all the other stuff. I mean, although Gurley, I mean, the other stuff is important to Gurley getting to run on six man boxes all yeah. the time. And um, luckily, there's a bye ourselves. week. We can get a little healthy. Yeah, what are we going to do next week? That's the real question. We'll do a show. Okay, cool. I think there's a, yeah, there's a lot to go around. Now, yeah. I will say, uh, I'm excited for us to get healthier at receiver. Yeah. Um, but we didn't mention this before when we were talking about some of the wrinkles. I know Ben Fennel, a uh, friend of show, uh, wrote about it uh, at The Athletic. But Devontae Adams in the slot, when you go back and watch this game, mm-hmm. I don't, you're going to be like, how is football that easy? And it really was just him matched up on linebackers. And it's going to make you think. Well, that's their fault. Is yeah. this? Well, it is. But at the same time, like, is that going to continue? Or is that something that, again, born of necessity with injury, kind of like Aaron Rodgers being in rhythm week one against the Bears, uh, because Randall Cobb, you're missing Randall Cobb and Geronimo Allison, two guys who I think before they went down, we're probably playing a much higher percentage of snaps in the slot. But like, I, I don't want that to go away. Every NFL offense is moving towards putting their best receiving playmaker yeah, in the, the Packers slot. weren't <laughs> like until until their slot receiver and Randall Cobb got hurt. Well, but Jordy Nelson was, remember? Well, yeah. Well, I guess at that point, and he still was like maybe kind of the one. Nelson. I thought that was more of like a he's losing a step thing. But people think not. that, but really, it's like you're giving you're giving him a chance to make a move before uh, before a corner gets hands on him, right? Right, because he's off the line in the slot, and so when you have a guy, especially with with that, those kind of first step moves, like yeah, it doesn't matter. There's no reason not to put him in the slot. It doesn't matter who is trying to put their hands on him. It seems like he could beat anybody off the line. Yeah, uh, and 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 the Niners adjusted too because they had Richard Sherman play him in the slot, especially late in that game. There was the one they pointed out on the broadcast after Jason Witten got done talking about rabbits being pulled out of heads. And, well, and Sherman is like famous for not following players. And last night he was like, screw this. Yeah. And he waved somebody off and waved him to the perimeter to go cover probably uh, your boy, EQ. Uh, your son, mm-hmm. your large adult son, and then decided that <laughs> he's he not even gonna... that adult. I think he's only 20. <laughs> That's true. And then he was going to cover mm-hmm. uh, Devontae Adams. And then obviously he had that penalty mm-hmm. that gave the Packers another chance. Um, should be noted in this show, but it was a flag. So for all of you saying the Packers get gifted in a second chance. Yeah, it's not like they've gotten off. burnt by late game penalties at all this season. Yeah, seriously. And it's not like that. It was also a very obvious call. Speaking so. of which, let's circle back to Tony Brown. Tony Brown. Is Tony Brown good? Is he going to be on the team in 48 hours? I advocate for Tony Brown. I stand for Tony Brown. I don't really, I mean, I thought that was kind of dumb, but it wasn't also like a vicious hit. It was a shove. Tony Brown is having extraordinarily bad luck with flags. And the one time that I've got to see him make a play, he made a play. So I'm into it. Yeah. He's made made a a few plays, and not that this was any of our nuggets or topic of conversation, but he was fined for that uh, taunting penalty last week, and it was like 40% of his paycheck. Yeah. And that is bullshit. Yep. For you the have, best play he made all day. Um, like he's his game check is being taken. It's a topic away. for another show, but I think fines should be percentage based because you've because you know he's a player who's we don't we very don't need little. to re- revisit crucial taunt. Yeah. Yeah. Um, crucial taunt. Nice crucial nice ref. Taunt. Killer ref. Uh, hashtag crucial taunt. Um it was a crucial taunt. Yeah, it was. Gave him gave him another shot. Anyway. So looking forward, we have a bye week, which is very exciting. 
Yeah. That's all I got. They're not going to That's lose. all I got. Uh, it's a great buy. Everyone always loves to have like the weekend. We get to watch the buy. Brewers. Uh, you can focus on the NLCS, which the Milwaukee Brewers at this juncture now lead 2-1. Yes. After a nice shutout last night. Uh, very lovable team. Very lovable. Did yeah. you guys see the uh, the footage of Joe Buck letting uh, Euchre into the booth to call in a half inning of baseball? I did, and I saw TV? people talking about that. Uh, yeah, so are are the same people, the same Packers fans who uh, you know live and die with the Brewers, still mad at Joe Buck now that he let that happen? Because Wait. that's something that I, I, am, I would assume is Buck's call. Yeah. I Fox okay, is probably I've, like up I've to you, man. I've forgiven Joe Buck, but I didn't see this, and I need to go see it. Yeah, it's fun. It's cool. Yeah, it's super cool. That, that's a that's a great move. I love Joe Buck. I'm He's the best. Yeah. As long as we're <laughs> not, gonna keep not harp, Joe Buck, we're going to keep you harping. Care. As long as we're still talking about broadcast, there's two things that I forgot to mention on my notable nugget about why I hate that broadcast team on Monday Night Football so much. They said two things. One is that uh, they couldn't, for the life of themselves, pronounce Tremont Williams' name. Really? How, do you, how do you not pronounce He's Tremont? Been in the Williams? league for like over a decade. Tremaine. What is that? Tremaine Williams. Doesn't even have an A or an I. Well, oh, Tremaine like Edwards, name. I guess. Or Edmonds. Is Don't it? care. Tremaine? Disrespectful. It's a it's a baseline professional courtesy. It's, you got to have at least a producer in your ear at some point at a commercial break tell you how to pronounce that name. Didn't do it. They got it wrong like four times. The other thing is that they kept casually saying things like, um, the Packers are, you know, one of the better screen teams in the league, oh, which hasn't been God. true since the 90s. Wait, at defense or offense? No, <laughs> offense. Neither. Either way. Honestly. Either way, garbage, hot garbage. Bring on the bye week. I didn't pick up on the Tremaine. <laughs> I don't want to watch football that's, this weekend. That's so I, bad. I wasn't. I I, was, I I had the sound on for the Brewers mostly. I don't want to watch football, but for some reason, I'm weirdly interested in Chiefs Bengals. They're like kind of mirror images of each other. The Bengals are like weirdly effective on offense. They're not that mirror images. Uh, They're both terrible. Is that a defenses. Mahomes impression? <laughs> They're not that mirror. No. Um, All right, I'll put it this way. They're both it's bad audio. The Very good teams are with good okay. offenses and terrible defenses. There's gonna be that's gonna be another like forty something of forty, maybe. Kind of. I game. mean, it'll be a high scoring game because every game the Chiefs play is like this ridiculous shootout. Yeah. But I don't think that the Bengals will give them that much of a of a no? contest. We'll see. Um, there's some football to watch. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I'm gonna watch something. Yeah. I'm just yeah. I probably won't go to a bar for it. I'm just gonna watch British Bake Off. The what? Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Never heard of that show. No? Should we roll Food it Network? Up? No, it's a, uh, it's BBC. a BBC, BBC, PBS kind of thing. Uh, okay. Um, Master Cake Theater. Basically. <laughs> anyway. Uh, all right. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Email the show, theapcpodcast at gmail.com. Get at the show on Twitter, theapcpod. If you're listening to this and you haven't subscribed, hopefully we were good enough for you to feel that that is warranted and do so on iTunes. It goes a long way. Uh, we will be back during the bye to discuss whatever it is the Packers do. Uh, from now until then as they prepare for Sean McVay and the do a lot of self-scouting focus on fundamentals still unbeaten only unbeaten team remaining in the league the LA Rams Uh, thanks a lot talk next week (laughs) bye so raise your glasses high then you chuckle up until they're dry and raise your spirits too
Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart. <laughs>